This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is sponsored by the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists. For more about UBCP Actra, visit ubcp.com. That's ubcp.com. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash Podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart of the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I am your host, Sabrina Firminger, and today I am delighted Nay, I am profoundly moved and deeply honored to welcome back the lovely gent who appeared in the very first episode of the YVR Screen Scene podcast, and who has also been mentioned in roughly 85% of our other 80 episodes, the big guy of the Vancouver film and television industry himself, Mr. Alex Ponovic. Alex, do you have a middle name? <laughs> do you have a middle name? I, I do. It's it, it's actually a Serbian name, and it's Nebojša. Nebojša. Mr. Mm-hmm. Alex Nebojša Ponovic. That's really good. Alexander Nebojša Ponovic. Brate. And, and the way my... Yeah, I might, the way my dad says, <laughs> always bugs me about my last name. He always go, he always go, it's not Ponovic, it's Paunovic. So Paunovic. Alexander Nabusha Paunovic. <laughs> oh, he's going to love you for saying that. Okay, okay. I got more intro. I got more intro. Okay. Since we oh, last okay. heard from Alex some 47 years ago in early 2019, Alex has been busy. We've seen him as Julius and Van Helsing in the critically acclaimed feature film Freaks and in a particularly grueling and dare I say ugly, because sorry, my handsome friend, you looked ugly in C, the Apple TV series about a future civilization of blind humans starring his old pal Jason Momoa. He filmed a role in another series we are all dying to see, Snowpiercer, a post-apocalyptic drama that hits TNT on May 17th. The last time I saw Alex was a few days before Vancouver shut down. Early March at the Rio at a screening for an indie thriller starring our mutual bud, John Cassini. The small crowd was pretty much made up entirely of people in our community, and it was a fun night. A night of friends catching up and eating popcorn, and Alex trying repeatedly to embarrass Tomo, and I yearn for those kinds of outings. I am grateful that my last night was that one. So today, I want to talk to Alexander Naboyshka Ponovich. <laughs> <laughs> about how oh, he's God. doing with all of 
Chris, I want to hear his strategies for keeping sane and busy during this time of social isolation. I want to hear about Snowpiercer. I want to hear about his efforts to help his hometown. And I want to hear his voice. He who has been mentioned in roughly 85% of our 82 episodes. His is a voice we need in this moment. Alexander Naboyushka Polnovich, Prate, <laughs> big guy. A, that is such an insane intro. Amazing. For you? Well, your intro today, you are wearing a plaid onesie with a little paw print on it. And I, yeah. you're holding a bass and... Yeah. I did ask you to remain seated in case that onesie had a trap door. Um, it has a trap door and I will stay seated. Thank you. I appreciate that because, you know, I do have my nine-year-old yeah, I, that, that's, in the room. You know, and For any age, that's <laughs> nothing anybody wants to see. <laughs> no, I know there are, there are people who who want to see it. Um, I feel like I've seen it before. Like you've taken a photo of yourself with your trap door down, and yeah, yeah we've all we've yeah. all seen it, Alex. <laughs> Jesus. So I'm going to ask you a question, which has okay. become like the most loaded question. Mm-hmm. How are you? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it's been it's been. Obviously, it's been trying for everybody, and yeah. I think um, making the best of it. No matter how much you make the best out of this situation, we're social creatures. Humans have to contact. Yeah, there, there, there has to be this energy back and forth, and and I, we're all missing that. And I feel like for me, that's the biggest thing I'm missing is this, you know, this contact with other humans and their energy. Yeah, but I've been really, I've been really fortunate because my parents spend the winters in Mexico, mm. and while this was all happening, I was urging them to come back to Canada because if they did get ill with the uh, with COVID, that they would be taken care of better in Canada than they yeah. would in Mexico. And they live in Winnipeg, and they they didn't really get the severity of it in the beginning. Yeah, so you know they were saying. I, I would be saying, please, just don't see anybody right now. Okay, I'll call the next day. Hey, so what are you doing? Oh, we just had a couple over for drinks. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Oh, come on. And I'm fine. Yeah. I, never get, I never get mad at my mom. I got mad at my mom. And whoa. she was like, ooh. And then she was saying she doesn't want to go back to Winnipeg because it's too cold. And there's nothing to be trapped in Winnipeg for 14 days when she's in Mexico where it's beautiful. And I said, and luckily, uh, um, I have a second place by the water. And I said, look, just come stay there do your 14 days on the beach um, in, the, in the apartment. Yeah. And, and then I just kept on bringing over groceries and, and getting their laundry done and, and just making sure they were cool with how everything was going. But that was a huge uh, uh, distraction out of this for me that I could drive, get them groceries, grab the laundry when they can, talk to them through the door for me to take help a, a little bit to take care of them. Because in Winnipeg, my brother's there, so he's always helping them out. Yeah, and it just felt like this was my moment. So they're still here. They and, are. Uh, they're, yeah, they're still here. It's been. It's. It'll be uh, three weeks, and I think they're going to stay till the first week end in May. 
Yeah. Um, and then they'll go back. But um, it's it's been a blessing having my, my family around. And once we broke the 14 day quarantine, we we had a party and just kind of hugged it out. And it was hard not hugging my mom for 14 days and just looking at her. Yeah. But, um, yeah. My mom uh, has offered to come and stand in the patio and we could have like a conversation two meters apart. I'm like, I, I can't I can't not be in the same space with you and not hug you. That's too painful, you know. So painful. Yeah. 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 So but how been, are it, you it, then? So now I'm you not, are, so that's been good for your mental health then to know yeah. where your parents are and to look after them and. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely eased this process quite a bit. And, and I always laugh my head off with my mom. So that's, that's easy, but also just really wanting to, like it, stay focused in the fact that I want to be a, a better person in different parts of my life uh, after this isolation than before. And that's been driving me like with some uh, some working out things that I never do, which is work out at home. I'm never I've never been a fan of working out at home. I need I need to go somewhere. Yeah. So learning learning to do that and, and pushing myself through that. Because I, 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 I need that push. I need a trainer or I need my buddies. It yeah. just really helps motivate me. And this has been good for me to kind of have my alone time and, you know, reading scripts and talking to people I haven't talked in a long time all over the all over the world. And um, so I've been I've been looking that as filling filling the uh, the, the tank from um things that I've never done before. You know, that, that yeah. tank that's empty where you go, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Hey, guess what? It's later. <laughs> it's later yeah. right now. Yeah. I'm having met your mom and knowing the dynamic between the two of you, I can imagine what it must've felt like to, for her to have you telling her what to do. Like that must've been interesting for her she's really good she does the thing of you know when i do tell her something she'll play along because she likes she likes to be along with it but this one specific thing she has never seen me get upset like that at at her not listening and that's when she knew okay this must be bad and then you know obviously she sees uh what 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 the what the disease has done to a lot of people and to the country so now she gets it but in mexico they weren't really showing it the way we're showing it here in, in, in the U.S. Yeah. So let, let's do some kind of sad time travel, maybe. Uh, how were things going for you before COVID shut everything down? Before the great, I, I, I mean, I liken it to we are stalled right now. You know, Mm -hmm. things haven't completely stopped because we still exist. There's energy. We still are who we are. But the machinery of our industry has stalled. Yeah. So how how are things going for you? Because when I saw you that night out at the Rio, like you Mm -hmm. had a few different things going on. Yeah. and, And, you know, they're still out there. Like you said, it's on pause. So it's been nice to it's been nice to kind of work on it and spend more time on it as when before COVID hit, you're, you're just going and sometimes you don't get to settle in or do the work that you want to do with it or, or just give it the time that it needs. And for, for me, this was a little bit of a pause to really look into the things that we're trying to, we're, we're trying to do when, when everything starts back up and it's, and it's, 
motivating and it gives gives me something to do during this time and and push the agenda when we're ready to go i'll be prepared for it okay i want some more you're giving me wonderful answers but i want some specifics like what what exactly are you talking about specific roles specific projects are you talking about about your winnipeg project like what is what is percolating right now in your flannel onesie (laughs) <laughs> well, it, there, there's a there's a few projects that I'm looking forward to getting off the ground. One one is um, it's called uh, In, Into the Wolves Den, and I was approached to be a part of the film, and it tells the story. It's a very powerful story, uh, indigenous story, um, championing indigenous people, but also looking at at the the atrocities and 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 the the struggle that they went through, and it and it's pretty much an all uh indigenous uh film and producers and directors oh, I've and then it's this one this is about yeah. murdered and missing indigenous mm-hmm. women yeah yeah and and there's oh. there's some beautiful people a part of it we met when i was in um, florida for the comic-con uh Pensacola Comic-Con, they drove eight hours to have a sit down with me so we can talk about the project. And, and not only are they amazing people, but I think the project is, is kind of next level. And we're talking to a few people that will bring a board to, to really flush the project out. So that, that's been really exciting. Um, and, and the, the Manitoba project of the film studio going up in Winnipeg is, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. And there's a reason why they're the, you know, building a studio isn't an easy thing, but uh, mm. it's been it's been a joy to learn so much um, from it. There's a, there's a guy named Jeff Melnison who is part of Stratagem, who's also thinking about putting up a studio in Manitoba. And the more, the merrier. Like if we can if we can pique the interest of people to bring a studio there, uh, I'm super grateful. He's an ex Winnipegger too, so we're all we're we're just trying to give back to a community that is extremely talented and, and needs the infrastructure. So that's been something we've been, we've been working on. And I'm just really excited for Snowpiercer to come out. We worked so hard on it. We shot two seasons and it's going to be the first time people are going to see it May 17th. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. I'm blown away by the production and the storytelling and all the cast and crew. So it's something that I'm extremely proud of and I can't wait for the, for the um, world to put their eyes on it and uh, see the show. Well, my eyes definitely need that content. We're going to talk about it a little bit more in a minute, but it just struck me as you were talking. I mean, I've been interviewing you and just knowing you for the last eight years or so, and I just I find it interesting that there seems to be some change in the kind of stuff that you're interested in pursuing and working on. You know, the fact that you are going back to your hometown to open a studio, the fact that you want to elevate and amplify the story about murdered and missing indigenous women. Like, do you see that change in yourself? Like what kind of change do you see in the work you're pursuing and what matters to you? Uh, That's such a great question. I I, I think the, biggest part of it is that I've I've come into just from the work that I've done and, and and the press that I've been getting and you have been a massive help in that so thank you but it's been it's been that thing of um, people are seeing me around a lot more and so they reach out with projects like this and yeah. I, I'm just I'm just honored that, that they will reach out to me and we I can be a part of it in that way 
usually it's the, an audition process and it's a sliver of something that you go, oh, my God, like internally and ethically, I really want to tell the story. But yeah. that usually comes with an audition or something. So to have have it out there and social media being social media being one of those uh, avenues where people can contact you yeah. and, you know, you can you can answer it or you don't answer it. But it's it's in your wheelhouse. And and so I responded in that way and we, we just began talking. So things like that, I think it, what's helped is is the celebrity aspect of um, taking advantage yes. of doing and finding projects. I love that. I love that. I want yeah. to build the star system here. So we're doing it, Ponovic. Totally. We're doing it. <laughs> we um, are. And again, like from day one, you've been such a massive help. And and when we put put out the tweets and the Instagram and then people come up to me and talk to me about our conversations. And um, I've had fans all over the world just <laughs> be blown away by the conversations we've had, especially yeah. the first one that we did on this. But there's so many others, your red carpet, everything. So it gets us all out there. And and I think one of the perks is what I'm going through right now with being a part of projects that mean something. And again, you're you're a huge help in that. Well, I appreciate uh, all the nice things you're saying about me, but let's say some nice things about you. I don't know if you've listened to other episodes of the podcast, but you're an, I w- that's no joke when I say you your name comes up again and again, like are you aware of the impact that you've had on so many other people? Like, has that a shock to you? I, you know what it is, but it's also, uh, I mean, it, it, it blows me away and I'm so, like my stomach is just turning right now with the excitement <laughs> that you just said that. Um, because that's how I, 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 I remember coming up in the industry and seeing people like John Cassini and Nick Lee were guys that when I first started, that's John Cassini, that's Nick Lee, and them being at Lyric Acting School. And then just kind of, you know, having a conversation with me and being kind to me at that time was so huge and a, a huge part of I, I want to do this job because like the way I'm acting with around these guys and now they're my peers um, I want to give that back to people and w- whatever whatever stage they are in their career. I just think being kind and listening and and just trying your best to make the the, the opportunity and the meeting the best that it could be. And and so when I hear you say that, it's something that I, I don't look for the end result. I just know how good it feels for me when I was in that position. Yeah. Um, e- either with peers or with people that I look up to. And and vice versa, and how I I can give back in that way. Yeah. So it just I feel like it inspires um, other people to keep creating because that's what it did for me, and I was lucky enough. What, I, I told this story the other day. I remember I was a huge Winnipeg Jets fan, and I was right before their right after their warm up, they go back into the dressing room, and I remember running down by the boards and seeing them walk in, and one of my favorite players was Serge Savard, and as he walked. He looked at me and I looked at him. We made eye contact and he gave me a little wink and he kept on walking. He he absolutely does not remember that wink to this little kid. Yeah. I remember it. I still remember it. Yeah. Those little moments um, uh, uh, to me and how impactful they were, I, I want to be able to give some form of that back in, in any way that I can. Yeah. If that makes sense. 
it does make sense. Um, also, the way uh, that you are mentioned so much uh, led to the very first drinking game for the YVR Screen Scene podcast. Uh, drain a glass uh, every time. <laughs> drain your glass every time Alex Ponovic is mentioned in an episode. Um, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, a lot of people got really drunk really fast. Okay, I want to talk about Snowpiercer. Um, yeah. I find it fascinating that it's coming out in this particular historic moment. So, I mean, maybe you could tell uh, the the listeners what the show is about uh, and why it might be reminiscent of <laughs> this particular moment in history where we are all on lockdown. And go. Right. <laughs> well, uh, Snowpiercer... Um, is set seven years after um, there was a global warming crisis. And so the government sent up a missile to kind of help with the global warming, but it didn't end up going that well, and it froze the Earth. Yeah. And when that was happening, um, they decided to have this 1,001-car train that you had to pay to get in, and it was derived through classes. And the yeah. more you pay, the more the, the, what class you're in. And these characters called the Tailies end up doing a revolt and they kind of rush the train and they become the, the back, yeah. back end of the, the um, back end, yeah. and so it's, it's, it, yeah. And, and so it's, it's the, it's the way life goes in, in a, you can't get off this train. This is, this is the only thing that keeping um, people are alive because it's a minus 119 out. And and everyone has their jobs and everyone has their different classes. And you really get to see the social structure and the isolation. Um, and, you know, it, it, it starts off with um, uh, David Diggs, who who has he's the one of the detectives, the only detective on the train. Yeah. And so there was a murder that takes place and he's there to solve it. We kind of take that journey of, you know, who's on the train that's that's doing these things and. And my role, my, my character's name's uh, uh, Boyan Boki Boscovich. And uh, <laughs> Serbian, Serbian, yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you, the, I got to tell you the story about how I got that. So, and, and he has the most dangerous job on the train, which is anything that happens um, that goes wrong on the train. I'm the one in our group, the breachmen are the ones that go outside um, and try to fix the train. So we have these almost like spacesuits, but, yeah. but we're, we're the ones that are, you know, encountering the cold, and um, but yeah, do you want to do you want to hear about this? Uh, yes, Boscovich? yes, of course. Okay, so so he he originally he had a, a another name originally in the auditions, and but they still wanted him Eastern European. So I started to uh, improv in Serbian in the auditions, and I guessed the fact that no one on the other side of the table would know that the character. The character was originally Polish. I knew they wouldn't know that my improv wasn't <laughs> Polish. Yeah. So I just thought, you know, I'll improv here and there. So we, I, it was about four auditions, four or five auditions. And then I got the role and I was like, I got to let them know now because I can't really serve, uh, improv in Serbian if it's a Polish character. So I asked hey, if it's integral to the character for him to be Polish, I won't do the improv. But if we can change him to Serbian, that would be pretty great. And Graham Mason, who's a showrunner and, and an amazing dude, 
him and I started talking about names and he goes, I, I would love an unassuming name, not a typical, you know, Russian or kind of like, like Slavic name. And, and I just kind of mentioned my, the name Boyan, which is actually my brother's name. Boyan. And so, yeah. So when I said Boyan goes, yeah. And then I jumped right into his nickname, what, which, what we call him is Bucky. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I like Bucky. And then he said he had a friend that was Serbian and his last name was Boscovich. And I went, come on, my job is Breachman. Breachman, Bucky, Boscovich. How, how great. And we went, that's it. So it, it allowed me to keep the improv in. It allowed me to really kind of own that character. No one else had that name because we just, just changed it. So it really dropped in where I can give tribute to my brother. Yes! And uh, yeah, and uh, and I lo- and I love it. And there's some great scenes in the show where you know they really, they really say the name, and and I, I'm just really proud of that. It's a special place in my heart for this show for allowing me to 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 use my brother's name, to use my heritage, and it's been a gift. That's that's for sure. I love that you are increasingly having the opportunity to do that as well. You and I'm thinking about Mike Dopud, you know, yeah. like that you're you're able to bring it in and to kind of I don't want to say leverage your power, but you're you also you have a voice and you use it, you know, to make suggestions, right? Because mm, not a yeah. lot of writers go to it will be Serbian, right? Like that might not be what they might right. think of, you know. So that's right. so fucking cool. Um this it's is gonna so be great. me completely fangirling. Uh, not you. I'm sorry. I adore you. But did you work with David <laughs> Diggs at all? Because I am such a hey, Hamilton listen. fan. I, I lost my shit <laughs> when I was working with him. He was in when I got there and I saw him in the in the uh, where our cast chairs were. And I just sat there and I was like, God damn it. Listen, dude, I'm a huge fan. I got to get this out of the way. <laughs> And he was really cool with it. And there was even, there's even a moment in, uh, we were doing a scene and he just kind of throws a line at me. We're, we're really not in this specific scene. We're really not um, super engaged. Like it's not about him and I, it's just, I'm one of the four people in it, but he throws a line at me with the same cadence as if he would do it in Hamilton. <sighs> and the way he did it with the cadence I just literally, I forgot my next line because I went, <laughs> I feel like I'm Hamilton right now. This is awesome. <laughs> oh, shit. I got a line. God damn it. All right, let's go again. So I had a little bit of that moment. And you know what? His performance in this show is, I, I mean, I can't wait for people to see what he's what he's done. And there's so many amazing cast on the show. And yeah, I'm, uh, I fangirled. I fangirled. I didn't realize that you were a Hamilton fan. Wow. Go. We could actually, if you want, sing some Hamilton. I'm I'm good to go. I'm always good uh, to go. Put, put put on put on the karaoke one and let's do it. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. Well, I'm, let let's do that another time because I. I feel like my, no, my studio in my bedroom is stuck together with like duct tape and books. And, you know, if I don't, I'm worried if I close a window to open another window, you know. Um, However, I will say, look around, look around at how lucky we are to be alive right now. 
Or we can do uh, a... <laughs> um, how does a bastard orphan, orphan son, son of, of a whore, whore and a Scotsman <laughs> dropped in the middle, of, in the a middle fo- of a forgotten spot? <laughs> in the we're Caribbean. I think we're off time. We are. We are. It's not our yeah. fault. It's... No, um, we're, we're naturally on beat. It's this Skype thing. It's the Skype thing. Yes. Yeah. I... I hate that. I'm I'm so grateful, but I I am so full of yearning for my studio, for my my space to gather once again yeah. as a as a community. Um, you're an empathetic guy. You care a lot about other people. Like what what are your deepest concerns during this time? Who are you worried about in this? in this age of COVID-19 and social distancing? It's such a, it's such a trip because, you know, there's a lot of people that are social creatures and don't know how to deal with how they are by themselves. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, it, it's hard for them to ask for help because they've never been in this type of situation before. Yeah. So I, I, I feel for that. I obviously, because this is, you know, an invisible enemy to some where, you know, as you know, Ryan Robbins got really, really ill That's with right. it. And and there was another actor, Brendan Taylor, who yeah. had a few sniffles when he got tested. So the, the, it just shows how how far that this this disease can go. And, and then there's people that are asymptomatic. And that's those are the ones to me that are scary just because um, if they're not social distancing, an elderly person can get it. And those are the ones that are really kind of um, up against the wall on this. So for me, it, it's uh, it's those it's, it's the people that um, don't have a way that they can deal with it yet. Yeah. And so that really gets me like and some people have a tough time reaching out and going, look, I'm really struggling right now, man. I need something yeah. to talk me off this, you know, emotional ledge. And some people don't have that. And um, and and it's hard for, for them to reach out because usually when they're in that position, they'll just go out and see some friends and won't talk about it, have a lunch. Oh my God, that felt so much better, but they wouldn't say anything to anybody. Um, and it's, you can't put the bandaid on this way. So hopefully it'll be a learning process for a lot of people of, you know, this is, this is something that I need to work on myself with. And, and you know, the, this, and I also look at this COVID, the COVID thing. It's terrible. It's terrible that we're in this, the economic struggle that we're having. But there's something about the world on pause that has mm. been really amazing for me personally. Yeah. Of knowing, because I'm, I'm a little bit of a uh, uh, fear of losing out type of dude. Like yeah. People, you have people FOMO? To the fights. Yeah. Yeah, I have FOMO. People go to like sports events, music events, um, the fights, going to the fights with my boys. And so when you know everything is on pause, <laughs> yeah. that no one else is doing it, you're kind of like, okay, I can sleep in. I can just stay here and do this stuff. I can just work on that. And there was, there's something about a restart that has been really attractive to me. And, and again, like I said, just making myself just a little bit better than I started. Yeah. And th- really taking it in in that way has, has been a huge help for me. Yeah. But I've been struggling too. Like I absolutely been struggling, um, and I have been reaching out to some some really great people. And thank God my my parents are here, so I can have uh, you know the talks with my mom. And so 
I'm pretty lucky in that way, but I definitely have been struggling. Anybody that says they haven't struggled at some point during this um, isn't telling the truth. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of your coping strategies then? Like, so for instance, uh, I have a weekly Skype plus wine date set up with a couple of uh, girlfriends who also happen to be moms, who also happen to be in the industry. And we lock, we individually lock our doors and we pour ourselves giant glasses of wines and we just like kvetch you know and it is amazing um or i've gone into my car and i've screamed like i've screamed you know like and it's cathartic you know or i have a dance party in my kitchen you know like those are like some things that i've had to and also just like accept that this all sucks and it's okay if i don't feel happy and normal and feel like it's normal because it's not normal you know Mm -hmm. so those are some of my things what are some of your things well honestly working out has been a huge huge thing and just working on things that I never worked on like I'm you know I haven't boxed like I haven't hit a heavy bag or sparred you know since all this thing has happened and I and I miss that interaction but I've been doing my my home workouts and to some videos and and then I go I do go for really long drives and I think that's been uh, extremely helpful cranking yeah. the music calling people um, that's been super helpful I think I've done like six drives to Squamish and back it's been great and um, you know oh I, drives I, I mean, like real drives wow oh yeah drives. leaving yeah. the city oh. and yeah. that's a great it's drive cool. too mountains oh. and water and yeah. It's, yeah, it's gorgeous, you know, and all, and getting out and doing some, you know, isolated hikes. And I've been really taking advantage of, you know, the, have you heard of the Coquitlam Crunch? I shouldn't, I actually shouldn't be talking about it because I don't want to give it away. Is What is the anyway, Coquitlam Crunch? Is that like a hiking thing? It's no. like 450 stairs. No, I, and, no. And Sharon Taylor, if you're listening to this episode, Stop listening now. I don't want to go on a walk like that. That sounds horrible, but I'm glad it brings you joy. (laughs) I heard such an amazing story about you and hiking with Sharon. It's classic. There's a video. She started because, okay, the story is I wanted to go for a walk in nature. And she like, she was like, oh, we'll go for a walk. And I said, Sharon, you're an action actress, whatever, kickboxer. I do not hike. Like, I, 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 a walk is leisurely. And she's like, of course, we will go on a walk. And I'm like, well, would it be something that, like, my kid could do? Not that she's coming, but she's like, of course she could do it. So I'm like, okay, Sharon won't lie. So I go to her place. She drives us to Mount Seymour. I'm like, oh, we're at a mountain, but like maybe like there's like a flat walk. And then we start the incline and I'm like, well, hey, when does this like level off? And she's like, no, no, no. It's it's 45 minutes of this until we get to the lake at the top. And I, I, 
I uh, I didn't know what to do and she just started recording me and uh, there was a moment where I and she got it on video where I'm like is Alex Ponovic gonna be at the top with a backpack so he can carry me down like I just I felt like I felt drunk on exhaustion and exhilaration <laughs> and um and and yet we get to the top and it was very beautiful and uh and then you know and then we walked the kind of the sh- easy walk back down and we went for nachos and alcohol because that's what you Perfect. do so h- however i'm not a hiker that did Got not it. turn me into a hiker. I remain, as ever, very, very wimpy. <laughs> <laughs> but you did it. You I, did it. I did it. And uh, I love Sharon. You know, I, yeah, I trust her. And I was able to do it. Um, but it did not magically transform me into an outdoor person. I am still <laughs> probably the whiniest, laziest person that you have ever met oh my god yeah okay alex i want to uh before before we say au revoir pour Mm -hmm. aujourd'hui um i want you to speak directly to somebody who is a fan of yours uh i don't have anybody specifically in mind because i know there are a lot of people who are having a hard time right now though you know, uh, any kinds of, of words of wisdom or encouragement, you know, that you can offer during this time? Well, I think I think the biggest thing is we know that this will be over soon. There will be a moment where everything will go back to as normal as possible, where we, where we get to hug the ones that we love. And just be patient on that, knowing that that moment is coming. And how can you um, do little things to make your heart and your confidence better throughout the day? Just a little thing, even if it's just making your bed. The first thing you do is you accomplish something like making your bed. Even if that's it, it's just little moments of trying to get better. Yeah. And then when you're, when we're out of this on the other side, we get to be around people again. We're there's a, a small sense of accomplishment that we've done a little bit more than or we've improved a little bit more than we were when we started. So yeah. it's these tiny little victories. It doesn't matter what it is. Just a little bit better. Yeah. Well, it was a victory to speak with you today, my friend. Aww, I am nice. so grateful that you're OK and that your family's OK. And uh, I look forward to sharing space with you again on the I other side wait. of this but I somewhere where we can death. like have a beverage and not mm-hmm. climb 450 steps you're insane yeah i'm in i'm in let's do it <laughs> all right or you and sharon can go for the big walk and i'll meet you guys you know uh you'll take the troll you'll take the trolley up is there a bar at the top <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll, i'm sure you'll bring it i i shh don't tell all my secrets. All right. Thank you. Alex Ponovic, where can our listeners find you, follow you on the social media? Instagram is Alex Pon, A-L-E-K-S-P-A-U-N. Uh, and Twitter. And then uh, my fan page, Alex Ponovic, on, on Facebook. Oh, I need to like that. I Please do. Yeah. Sorry, I am a fan. I should be a fan. All right. So and. Great. 
to you, our listeners. I have many new episodes of the YVR Screen Scene podcast in the can. I will continue to release new content twice a week. This, in addition to the 80 episodes we've released in the last year, we got you covered. And we're going to continue recording new episodes over Skype indefinitely. Keep in touch on social media at YVR Screen Scene and by email at sabrina at yvrscreenscene.com. You are not alone. We are going to get through this. Thanks for listening. Hiring professional performers makes all the difference to the success of any recorded media project. Did you know that the Union of BC Performers, ACTRA, provides agreements for all budgets and types of productions, including commercials, TV series and movies, feature films, from big budget to Canadian indies and student films, animation series, video games, web series, and even streaming video on demand, like Netflix? For instance, our highly successful UBCP ACTRA Ultra Low Budget Agreement encourages and facilitates artistic collaboration between professional performers and independent producers who wish to produce very low budget or even no budget productions. No matter what your budget, we've got you covered and you too can benefit from UBCP ACTRA's award-winning world-class performers. So, if you need actors, voiceover artists, stunt coordinators, stunt performers, singers, dancers, puppeteers, stand-ins, background performers, ranging across any age or demographic, then just contact us at UBCP ACTRA. Make your project the very best that it can be. This message was read by a UBCP ACTRA member. Go to ubcp.com for more information.